Deborah has been hard writing a ton of of choose your own adventure books. I'm just looking at her thing. She is just exclusively popping out CYOs. De- Deborah lives in uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts. Turns what? Out. She's my neighbor. Oh. Why are we referring to her as if we know her? Deborah? The Lerm? Yeah, okay, yeah. See, I'm cool with The Lerm, because that's, like that's still an affectionate nickname, which, you know, gotta be careful about using those, but... I mean, I respect Deborah, but, like, she's not, like, my teacher. <laughs> <laughs> are we Are we not learning from her by these? I kind of... Rege- Did I tell you about the time I called a judge judge, and that was yeah. not the thing to do? <laughs> yeah, and the judge laughed at you, right? <laughs> yeah, the judge thought I was cool. <laughs> and let me go home. I'm trying to think of another like officially titled person that doesn't like you know like like a doctor is just a doctor uh, it's just yeah. doctor and a chef is just chef and a lawyer is well i guess esquire i guess you could call a lawyer lawyer just call them be like lawyer uh, but we don't call we don't give them that that <laughs> we don't call them esquires anyway we don't give them any of that that pomp and yeah. circumstance for their names so never mind that one doesn't count i like just calling people by their jobs just reducing their humanity a little bit more and just mm-hmm. going that's that's who you are to me in this in this transaction mm-hmm Banker, oh, Chad, that's that's so silly and fun of you. Hey, hey, doctor. Well, doctor's pretty normal. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Judge is the only one that you can really do that with. Se- sewer technician. I feel like you should be able to refer to someone as their profession and have it be a term of respect, as it is with doctor. Like, hey, yeah, you you have a skill and you earned that thing. Or like calling your teacher prof. <laughs> oh man, prof. I was never so bold. No, you never no, called him prof or teach. Nah, never. I, I never had one worthy of being called teach. There was only a, <laughs> there was only like a five year period in the eighties to the early nineties that you could do that, and it was kind of fun. Otherwise, it's been it's been out of fashion, honestly. Yeah, I sat the right way on chairs uh, in high school, so I would I would never be able to call somebody teach. It's more punk rock to sit the right way now. It's like it's like, it's like uh, proto deconstructionist to sit. <laughs> The correct way on chairs. How about side saddle? No one ever sits on side saddle. Yo, I was I was standing on a uh, Philadelphia street the other day, and mm-hmm. a person drove by on a motorcycle with someone on the back riding side saddle. That's kind of cool. That's like a horse. It was scary. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like that's going to throw off your balance a lot with someone else that you're not in control with. Oh, for sure. Like, that's not how I would do it. But it probably looked anime as fuck. No, it looked cool, but I was scared. That I have a hard time thinking, like, I love when things look cool, but if they're dangerous, it, it throws me off, you know? If you're going, like, a block, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but if you're, I don't, I don't know if there are too many twisties in uh, Philadelphia, though. We're pretty, we, we keep it pretty grid. We keep it gridded, gridded down here. <laughs> I've driven around there. You guys are smart. Yeah, we got to grit it down. You let your city burn down at some point. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't, it just uh, does a good burn for itself every couple of years. It's like a forest here. You, yeah. you guys have you guys have a grid in Philly? Yeah. I kind of figured from a lot of like founding cities that roads were just being kind of laid down as you needed them for about a hundred years. And that just formed your. We got a couple of, a couple of goofy uncle roads that are like, that are slanted. <laughs> Um, but yeah. other, but most of them, most of them are just chilling. Not Boston, tell you that much. No, Boston, dude. I've driven through Boston. That place is twisty and turning. It goes, it goes underground and above ground, and yep, it's a wild city. The GPS can't reach underground. It gets scared. <laughs> <laughs> Deborah knows. Deborah doesn't drive if she doesn't have to. Have we read a Deborah book? You guys are just talking as if we like hung out with Deborah. Why, why are you trying to other Deborah so much? Deborah's like. 
one of us, pretty much. I okay. I mean, listen, I'm excited for this book that she has put together and what we're covering today. It just feels like I don't know. I'm not ready for that commitment to call her just Deborah yet. Deborah is a member of this podcast. She just has not chosen to t- to show up for an episode yet, and we're not upset yeah. about that. That's just that's her right as a member of this yeah. podcast. She will one day maybe show up. Yeah, you know, we keep sending her the checks. You know, we keep cutting her in, but we should definitely get like an author on this book on this podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think an author would be too scared of uh, invoking the wrath of R.L. Stein. You think so? Yeah, you can make or break any author. I hate to, I hate to break it to you guys, but I am an author. <gasps> oh shit! That's right, you are an author, Paul. I've read your stuff. Published author. Actually, I hate to break it to you guys, but I'm also an author. <laughs> he is, Chad. I think you're also an author. I am also an author. I have sometimes gotten additional literary material. <laughs> I was gonna say. I was gonna say you're an additional literary guy, not an author. Don't go to Hollywood, folks. The rage boiling inside me. <laughs> I will somehow fur- turn it into fiery heart armor like Kevin told me to do. But Yeah. Know. Well, that's, that's what Tyrion Lannister tells you to do. Whenever, whenever a bad thing happens to you, Tyrion Lannister shows up and he says, wear it like armor. Did he really say that? And then Kevin yeah. tells you to say that. Yes. <laughs> what do you mean? That's like... That's like the most famous Game of Thrones quote. The, the, the Tyrion one I was—I feel like I've seen for the last five or six years of Facebook memes is I drink wine and I know things. Like that's on every mug. That's the heavy hitter, but uh, where like armor was hot for a little bit, maybe. Yeah. Never forget what you are. The rest of the world will not wear it like armor and it can never be used to hurt you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. You really, you really synthesized that chat. I could tell by how you said okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I just processed it. Okay, mm-hmm. going to get a shirt that says additional literary material by Chad Quine. Literally wear it like, exactly, wear it like <laughs> <laughs> That's why Tyrion gives Jon Snow a shirt that says bastard on it, which is pretty cool. Ch- Chad, I'm going to buy you some baseball armor, aka catcher's outfit, uh, and you can put, and we'll put it on there and you can wear that like armor. Okay. We, we could do like, um, we could do like a hat with like a leaping like boss <laughs> <laughs> that says additional literary material on it. Are you doing like a big mouth Billy Bass? Like one of those? Yeah, like just like picture like a a, a hat a fisherman might wear, uh, yeah, or uh, or a father who dreams of having free time, and like <laughs> and like the the bass is like cresting out of a pond or or whatever body of water you find a bass in. And it's like kind of gulping at the air, maybe biting a, on a fishing line, and then it says additional literary material. But it's it says y'all got any of that additional literary material <laughs> out here? The literary material we're covering today on Goosebuds. Additionally, yes, it's the pro- this is the primary literary material well, for for today. It is the primary material, but our our input onto it is additional. That's true. We are we are we're adding content. There's nothing content. wrong with additional literary material. Deborah's not coming for us. Deborah's cool. We are reading as voted on by you, wonderful Patreon supporters. Uh, a unicorn choose your own adventure. Now. Is this a series of unicorn stories, or is the, are these independent unicorn stories? Kevin, you would know because you know Deborah best. You're her neighbor. From what I can tell from skimming these books, also I'd like to say uh, thank you to my friend uh, Jaden, uh, aka Foxtrot, who sent me these books. Thanks, Jaden. Thanks, Jaden, for my for my own uh, uh, reading reading pleasure. But I ended up using them for content. I apologize, <laughs> uh, but they're they're too cool not to share. I think. 
these books are perhaps part of a shared universe okay. that maybe takes place in France around a certain time. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny to me that it's France. I don't know. I, I think it, I think these might take place in a in a consistent setting in time, hmm. but I feel like we'll just have to read all of these and get all twenty seven endings uh, for uh, the magic of the unicorn in order to find out. Beautiful. As beautiful as a unicorn's mane. Beautiful. <laughs> now, um, Kevin, you will be reading. You will be our BM uh, for this yeah. for this journey. Chad and I will be playing. Now, Chad, I need to reveal some information to you uh, before we head out on this magic of the unicorn adventure. Recently, <laughs> recently, I was in the uh, the 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 great state of Colorado. Colorado, as they call it there. Wow. Uh, and I walked into a shop of witchy delights, a pagan shop. And cool. oh. on the wall, there were all types of taxidermies. And one of the taxidermies they had there was a taxidermied unicorn. So what? I have. What? Yeah. I have basically met a unicorn. So don't worry. I'll be able to diplomatically treat with the unicorn as soon as we meet it in the book. So wait, you're telling me like I've met a just unicorn in their yes. store. They're like, yeah, we killed the unicorn. We stuffed it. No biggie. I think the unicorn uh, just, uh, just decided to uh, offer its body up to pagan science is what I choose to believe. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucked up that they left the horn on because that's like the part of the unicorn you kill it for. Yeah. That's what you want. Well, that maybe they're trying to. They're being uh, thoughtful about the dead unicorn. They were. They, oh, I was thinking more like those assholes who just kill a thing and don't even take the parts. They're just like, well, I took a photo. In that, front of which it. is what I think. That's what Kevin is saying, right? Is that ultimately yeah. it was a wasteful kill? I think that they're pres they're preserving its dignity. Yeah, I think it, I think it's a dignity thing. So I've been mulling some wine with with a unicorn horn. <laughs> Yeah, Paul's just stirring his drink. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a sip and see what happens. Okay, be careful. Oh, I'm getting sucked into a unicorn book. Oh. Oh. The summer of 1507. <laughs> We're just jumping right into it. Cool. Is exceptionally dry throughout Flanders. <gasps> Fires scorch the forests. Crops wither, and animals collapse from thirst. Nowhere is the drought as severe as in your own small village. Just last week, when you went to check the dwindling water supply, you discovered a dead rat floating in the well upon which everyone depended. Ugh. Since then, the water has been foul and tainted, the barrels of rainwater are nearly empty, and all attempts to dig a new well have yielded nothing but dry earth. This sounds bad, guys. This is a bad news. <laughs> we, we, need a, we need a unicorn horn stat. Yeah. One morning, after weeding the field you inherited when your parents died ten years ago. Whoa, we're, we're an orphan <laughs> farmer? <laughs> cool. Uh, there's a picture of you here, and on the front, you are small. Oh, we're little babies. I don't know how you're going to weed a whole field. Well, we're very, we're very small and low to the ground. We don't have to bend over to get pick up the weeds. You got all that cartilage. You can yeah. weed for days. It's a, perfect, it's a perfect body for weeding, honestly. You pay a visit to Mary Claire. She is the oldest person in the village and one of your special friends. I've been to her store before. Ooh, Claire's? Did you get your ear pierced there at the mall? <laughs> yeah. That is all that place does is just pierce ears. And they don't do it very well. My, my ear was pierced at Claire's and it healed up. You got your ear pierced at Claire's? I didn't know that. That's amazing. Chad, uh, I also had my ear pierced at Claire's. Hell what? yeah, dude. What? 
Yeah, buddy. I guess you have nowhere else to go or that or like a tattoo parlor. Was it was it because a girl asked you to? Yeah, that's that's why I did. That's why I did it too. What are you wait, what are you talking about a girl asked you to get your ear pierced? Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah a, a girl that I was platonic friends with wanted, <laughs> wanted a single ear piercing and asked if I would go get the other ear pierced oh with her God. and Claire's. Cuz you can only oh buy God. ear piercings in pairs, Chad. I don't know if you know about that. So yeah. you're wasting money by not getting the yeah, other ear. Yeah, you might as well bring yeah. along a friend for the other. other Did she make you split the rate, Kevin? I don't even. I don't even remember. It was. It was long ago. There were other things on my mind during. Did that you trade. like her, Kevin? I liked a lot of things, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> Got my ear pierced with her by an untrained teenage girl, probably <laughs> two years older than you. Uh, they watched the Claire's pr- uh, production of, of How to Work at Claire's, so they knew very well how to work at Claire's. Yeah, the, I think it. you should leave video yes. in the back of like, I'm not scared, please do it. Some people say this might be the last summer any of us lives to see, you tell wow. Mary Claire, sadly. None of the other villages around has enough water to share with us, and it's hopeless to keep trying to dig a new well. I wish there were something I could do about it. Mary Claire looks up from her knitting. You could try to lure a unicorn to the well. Why, <laughs> the touch of its horn purifies even poison. But Mary Claire, you exclaim, around here unicorns are rarer than water. I bet it would be easier to find the sorceress than a unicorn. That's a good idea, she replies. I'm sure the sorceress knows all about unicorns. Why don't you look for her? But no one has seen her in years, you remind Mary Claire. The last person who tried to find her never returned. Ah, but you are ten times smarter than anyone who has ever searched for the sorceress. (laughs) If anyone can find her, it's you. Although you feel flattered, you're not sure you are really clever enough. Well, I'll give it a try. I wonder if I still remember that riddle describing the way to find the sorceress. What? Is this right? You take a deep breath and recite. Near a land reserved for woe, in a place that's high but low. Watch which way the bat doth go. Find me there, and I will know. Okay, follow the bats. Well, yeah, but also a cemetery in a high position. Why did you say say cemetery? Why do you think A place for woe. Or some sort of mountain cave, perhaps? Yeah, but like woe implies it's like a mourning place, right? Well, you can bury somebody in a cave. Yeah. Uh, you you say, whoa, during all kinds of activities, like riding a roller coaster. <laughs> oh, uh, you mean, whoa, like, whoa. Yeah, like, I'm like watching, I'm watching a rock concert. All kinds of things will make you go, whoa. So we need to find a mountain we can go skateboarding on. All right, we got to decide what your sticks are, you two, before we're about to, <laughs> we're about to be hit with a choice. So we got I got to know what kind of boys I'm dealing with. Chat, go ahead. Um, I'm a boy that rages inside. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good stretch for you, Chad. With an unjust, an unjust world, <laughs> and uh, wants to see the world burn, even if it requires getting killing a unicorn to do so. Wow, yeah, that'll that'll cause more justice to exist in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I am a boy um, who uh, spent many, many years living with uh, unicorns, very uh, knowledgeable of them, very, uh, very comfortable <laughs> around them, uh, but but also uh, yearns to ha- to have their ear pierced. <laughs> oh man, if you have your ear pierced by a unicorn horn, you oh it never my God. it never heals. 
Oh my god. It never closes it, I should say. I legitimately had a memory unlocked that the the earring I got was a unicorn earring. No way. The earring I wore. Cool! It was was a unicorn head. You just had a- a, Oh, it was a unicorn head. Okay, I thought you just had a horn sticking out of the ear, like- No, 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 no. It was was like a little, like, um, unicorn head in profile. Oh, well, that's really Kevin, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, it was pretty cool as a (laughs) 14-year-old. Perfect! Says Mary Claire as she hands you a glass pendant shaped like a raindrop. You guys are getting a boon. Oh, cool. We didn't even have to say no to the journey. <laughs> we didn't even have to make a choice. Well, you kind of you kind of wussed about it. You're right. You kind of right. whined. I did. We did try to like we tried to make up an excuse. And then uh, our old uh, sage friend told us that that was that, used it to uh, to push us into the over the threshold. I think you're really more fishing for a compliment. I think you're right, too. All right. Mary Claire hands you a glass pendant shaped like a raindrop. Put on my good luck talisman. Use it as you need it, my friend. You say goodbye to Mary Claire, then roam the parched fields. After pondering the riddle, you think of two places reserved for woe. The sorceress could mean the village graveyard. Oh! Yep. Yep. Or... The small camp outside the village where two men who suffer from leprosy live oh. in gloomy isolation. <laughs> okay, wait, our, our, God our choices damn. are uh, a park or <laughs> or leprosy land. Yeah. Where we'll, we'll, if we go to leprosy land, we'll probably end up in the graveyard. That's true. All lands, all roads lead back to the graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> to the graveyard. Um, I mean, do you think the lepers are having a bad time? Well, they clearly won't know where the unicorn is, because if they did, they probably wouldn't have leprosy anymore. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's a great point. And I also don't know, well, there's not going to be an ear-piercing pagoda in the graveyard, I don't think. <laughs> so I am kind of inclined to go towards the leprosy guys. That's, yeah, but to say, that's a, I, you know, I don't think it's the right choice. I just kind of want to see these lepers. Are we lepping? Yeah, we're lepping. All right, we larp to the lepers. Slep over to lep. You turn down the path to the shabby hut where two leprosy victims live. You know the villagers stay far away from the men for fear of catching their dreaded skin disease, and they will be very upset if they ever learn you visited this place. When you first glimpse the two swollen faces peering out the doorway, you panic, then force yourself to continue toward them. Welcome, friend. Please come inside, says one of the men warmly. Oh, thanks, but I'll stay outside. You reply. <laughs> I'm looking for the sorceress. The riddle says she lives near a place of woe, and, and I thought uh, that might mean your home. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> that's kind of kind of rude. Since no one will have anything to do with us, this is indeed a woeful place," says Aww. the second man. But I don't think it's the one your riddle describes. We've never seen the sorceress. I think even she must be afraid of catching our disease. Is leprosy that bad? You ask. <laughs> <laughs> no, says the first man. But the way people treat us is horrible. In fact, you better hurry back. If anyone sees you here, they won't let you return home. <gasps> Honestly, humans are kind of more of the disease than leprosy. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are cool as hell. I think they just grew your brain. A They're little bit. really wise and kind. Yeah, I think they wrinkled your fucking brain, guys. <laughs> you say goodbye to the men and head toward home. <laughs> As you reach the road to the village, you meet several of your neighbors. Their faces whiten, their eyes dart back and forth between you and the men with leprosy, who are still standing by their doorway. Stay back, shouts one man. Keep away. It's all right, you insist. I was just there for a minute. You can't return to the village. Go back to the lepers, shrieks another neighbor, eyeing you fearfully. 
As you start to follow them, the villagers gather stones. Labber, they scream, throwing rocks at you. Filled with horror, you race away from the villagers. You slowly realize you can't go home, but cling to the hope that their panic will subside in a few days, especially if you find a way to purify the well. Since you can't continue your search for the sorceress by investigating the graveyard, you decide to concentrate on finding a unicorn. Oh, because the graveyard's in town. The graveyard's in town. Graveyard's in town, so... Uh, you turn away from your village and walk along the road toward the forest, hoping to find a unicorn there. <laughs> Before long, you hear a cart approaching behind you. The driver is Simon, a traveling peddler who you've always liked. You wave to him and ask, where are you going? Simon pulls the cart uh, to a halt beside you. Everyone around here is too upset about the drought to take much interest in my trinkets. <gasps> I'm going to try my luck in the city of Aris. At least people will be trading there. Want to join me? I wouldn't mind some company for such a long trip. He might have earrings in there. Eris, you've never been to that city before. Although, you'd love to go. You suspect unicorns are more likely to live in the forest. But maybe you could just meet someone in Eris who could tell you how to find a unicorn. Yeah. If you decide to search for the unicorn in the forest, turn to page 13. If you climb in the cart headed for Aris, turn to page 14. Uh, I vote cart because uh, very good chance he's got a needle and some earrings that we can... <laughs> get pierced up with what was the what was the first option just go into the woods uh yeah go to the woods or uh get on the cart go to Aris. walk into the woods and disappear forever yeah homer simpson in the bushes into the woods or get in the cart go to Aris. i i guess we have no idea how to we're not, we're not doing the graveyard which was our clue to find the unicorn so we would just be going blindly into the woods without it Going into the woods would be the equivalent of walking in a straight line, turning, going to the edge of the earth, turning right, and then walking in a straight line back and forth, and then repeating that over and over again until we found a unicorn. Eventually, you'd find one. Eventually, yes. Would you? <laughs> Assuming the unicorn stays in the same place all the time, yes, fam- I guess? Famously, unicorns do not move. Uh, what, what are we doing, lads? Oh, so I say let's get on, let's get on the cart. Cart boys, baby. Cart boys, vroom vroom. Cart boys, vroom vroom vroom. For three days, while you ride through the forest on your way to Aris, you keep your eyes open for any sign of a unicorn. When you reach the outskirts of the city, you tell Simon about your search for a unicorn. It's a good thing you mentioned this, he says. I happen to know that the Duchess of Aris has a unicorn horn. She keeps it on hand in case someone tries to poison her wine. I heard she Mm. dips the horn in her goblet before she takes a sip. Puts it right up her snoot. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sorry maybe maybe the duchess will lend you her unicorn horn that's a good idea you answer but do you really think the duchess would let me borrow it that's hard to say simon admits i've also heard there's a tapestry weaver in ours who knows a lot about unicorn magic he might be willing to help you are you gonna ask the duchess or are you gonna go to the weaver i mean uh i would go with the uh, working class person before i would go with the <laughs> Land owner. <laughs> hell yeah, dude. Based as hell. <laughs> what, what, what think you, uh, anger boy? Uh, yeah, let's go to the Duchess. Why? Because yeah, I'm going to murder her with a unicorn horn. Death to fascists. Okay. Paul wants to not go no. to Duchess. Paul wants to go to Reg- Weaver. No, but... I'm into regicide. Let's do that. All right. I, I, I'm led to doubt that'll be an option, but we we continue on. We're asking the Duchess. <laughs> Let's see if the Duchess will let me borrow her unicorn horn, you tell Simon. Besides, I'm curious. I've never met royalty. 
The clamor of jostling carts and crowds of people startle you as you ride through the dry and dusty streets of Aris. You are still marveling at the strange sights and sounds when the cart stops in front of the most enormous building you've ever seen. You count four stories. Simon helps you out of the cart. You march over to the guard standing solemnly by the front door and say, I'd like to see the Duchess. <laughs> he eyes your coarse clothing disdainfully and answers, The Duchess is away. When will she return? The guard does not even look at you when he replies, Not today. Tomorrow? He glances at you with impatience. The Duchess alone decides when she will return. Damn. May I wait inside? No. <laughs> <laughs> the guard points to a stone bench several yards from the door. You may wait there. You turn to Simon, not knowing what to do. Shall I take you to the tapestry workshop? <laughs> Maybe you'll have better luck there, he suggests. You'd like to see more of the city, and who knows how long the Duchess will be gone. Yet, it may be worth waiting to ask her about the unicorn horn. Uh, are we gonna st stick around and wait for the Duchess and say goodbye to Simon? Or are we gonna take Simon's offer and, uh, go in the cart to the Weaver? I mean, we should have gone to the Weaver in the first place. Oh, okay, my, I'm my not, vengeance I, against the Duchess will, will, will be later. Let's we'll, go to the Weaver. When we have the unicorn horn, we will be kings of the universe, and we can go back and kill any Regis that we desire, Chad. Does it seem like already unicorn horns are kind of like a make, just a catch-all magic item? Like, she was going to use it to, what, cure poison? It yeah. also seems like there's, like, a lot of them laying around because the Duchess just happens to have one that she mulls her wines with. Well, I mean... They're, they're all being used to purify drink, if that's what you're asking. Like, the unicorn horn has one use, and it is to make water potable or drink They're potable. using as goddamn silly straws. My question <laughs> is, would putting the unicorn horn in your wine make it non-alcoholic? It is a poison. So, uh, yes, Ke Kevin, you were correct. But it can't, cannot even water kill in uh, <laughs> incorrect doses. Oh, my God. We'll have to do scientific experiments. To yeah, well, when we, once we get the unicorn horn, we can test all these theories out. Yes. I'm sure I'm sure that's in the purview of Deborah's books. Um, <laughs> all right, so we're going we're going to the we're going to the working class gent. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, riding through Aris, you enjoy watching the city people bustle about in their fancy but dust covered clothing. Finally, the cart stops at the tapestry workshop. Simon leads you into a large, bright room filled with looms, each holding a portion of a woven scene. These tapestries will hang in the castles of kings, he tells you. Although you know how to weave ordinary cloth, you've never seen a tapestry before. The two of you walk over to one loom on which a few weavers are creating a huge tapestry, showing a knight. I'm looking for a weaver named Emile. Do any of you know him? asks Simon. One of the men smiles and points to his chest. You found him. This guy's got dwarf energy. <laughs> uh, I walk up to the tapestry. <laughs> I walk up to the tapestry and give it a, a firm pat and say, "Good stuff. Yeah, good stuff here." <laughs> oh, you're not. You're not even checking it for secret loot. You're just like you're no, testing. No, the no, no. I'm trying to make. A, I'm. I'm buttering him up for us. Oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. You, you really don't know a tapestry in, until you feel it. Like you, you gotta, you gotta really see it with your hands. You know? Yeah, everybody thinks that you're looking at a tapestry, but it's the touch that the that the tapest <laughs> that the tapest truly uh, pours their heart and soul into. You, you really gotta grease it up with your hot doggy peasant fingers. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's what every tapestry loves. I rub, I rub my weed hands upon it. <laughs> It, it's funny because the well water could probably be saved if you just knew to boil it. But <laughs> <laughs> Take the rat out, boil the water. 
Simon nudges you forward. I want to find a unicorn, you explain. The water in my village's well is tainted, and we might not last the summer unless it's purified. Our super soakers have run dry, and we fear the worst. <laughs> I'm told that the touch of a unicorn's horn will clean it. You've come to the right man, says Emil. You say goodbye to Simon as Emil takes you aside. Simon has left your party. <laughs> uh, I know two solutions to your problem, but neither is easy, Emil tells you. I've heard one may obtain a unicorn by performing a ritual called the Circle of Wishes. However, it is very difficult and may cause you great anguish. The other way to clean your well is to weave a magic tapestry, and I can show you how to do that. It will take a full month to make, but once you complete it, you simply float the tapestry in the well, and the water will become pure. I'm not buying that. Paul! That's stone soup nonsense. Get out of here. Paul, if we learn how to to make a magic tapestry, we'll be able to do it for the rest of our lives. Teach a man to fish, and he'll feed himself. If I do the woe task... I'll I'll have endured great pain, and then when I get my ear pierced, it ain't gonna be anything. It'll feel fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did I miss the part where this book is called The Magic of the Tapestry? <laughs> I thought it was called The Magic of the Unicorn. <laughs> I think weaving stuff is cool, and I want to know more about it. Weaving stuff is cool. All right, I'll do it, but I'm not going to be happy about it. The Circle of Wishes sounds frightening to you, but time is short. Can your village survive during the month required to weave the magic tapestry? The month, Chad. If you decide to weave the magic tapestry, turn to page 40. If you say, please tell me how to perform the circle of wishes, turn to page 48. Okay, let's do circle of wish. I know that's a, I mean, this is like D&D wish spells like super OP. So let's do that. <laughs> that's true. We uh, And I can also probably get a like sneak a wish in for my ear being pierced. The circle of wishes must take place at night, says Emil. Since you'll need all the strength you possess, you should rest until the sun sets. That evening, Emil leads you away from the city, through the forest to a moonlit clearing. Countless small stones mark a wide circle. Step inside, says Emil. A shiver runs up your spine as you stand in the center. Think of every wish in your heart and cast it out, instructs Emil. (laughs) Wait, we're not, we're emptying ourselves of wishes? Cast it out? Yes. Speak it aloud and convince yourself you no longer desire that wish. No! No, my one wish! No! What? You you must continue until the last wish is gone from your heart. They were lying! Oh, you fucked us! No! I fucked myself! We could learned how to no. tapestry! They said it was going to be so painful, I didn't think that it would be the, the truest pain I could ever know. <laughs> my ear piercing! You could have learned how to sew. <laughs> you have to... I, I need I need to hear you guys say that you no longer long for justice and you no longer long for ear piercing. Oh my god, Chad, you have to go first because I need to work up to this. Jesus Christ, I, you're telling me to put out this fire inside my belly? Is that what you're telling me to do, Kevin? To save your village, Chad. To save the dickhead, ignorant <sighs> villagers who cast you out for talking to two sick men. I all right. So here's what I do: as I say, I let go of the rage inside of me, but then deeply go. Takes you back, Yeah, and I say, uh, I no longer wish to have my left ear pierced, the ear that I wanted them to have pe- pierced, the only one. <laughs> the circle of wishes is going to make an insight check. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, that's not so hard, you exclaim with relief. Emil does not reply. You think for a moment, then say, I no longer wish for a horse of my own. <laughs> 
As soon as the words leave your lips, one of the stones of the circle glows and sparkles like a diamond. I no longer wish to grow tall. <gasps> a second stone begins to shimmer, and you realize that growing tall no longer matters to you. Wow. This sucks. As the hours pass, <laughs> you cast out hundreds of wishes, but the circle is still not fully illuminated. Come on, urges Emil. Do the hard ones. What? That? Wow. Okay. What? Okay. Whew. What else? Do, we, do we have to get real and like tell about other wishes here? You take a deep breath. I don't care if our crops fail. I no longer wish for a healthy life. I no longer wish my parents <laughs> were alive. That's what I was God waiting for. Damn. I was waiting for the parent one because I knew it was coming. Dang. Dang, Deborah. Deborah. <laughs> you name more and more wishes until only two stones remain. You are so exhausted that you have trouble thinking of any other wishes. Okay, you say, sighing. I no longer wish to save my village from the drought. Good, says Emil. Just one more. That was it, you insist. I have no more desires. Yes, there is one more. Wait a second. This seems like a little bit of a paradox. How can we no longer desire what? to do this to save our village and then still be working towards saving our village? Paul, it's a great point. Your life, he reminds you. Cast away your desire to live. What? Although you feel curiously empty, your wish to continue living is strong. You're not sure you can pluck it from your heart. If you resolve to cast out your will to live... Turn to page 66. Dude. No! If Let's you refuse to abandon this last desire, turn to page 77. Do it. Do I don't want to live if I can't have my ear pierced. I don't care. Yeah, I, I don't want to live if I can't make other people stop living. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. End it all. All right. 66. Damn, this is fucking heavy Dude, shit, I, this is this is the this is the deepest choose your own adventure we've ever done. Summoning yeah. all your strength, you whisper, I cast away my wish to live. The last stone brightens. Now step outside the circle, says Emil. As you cross the glowing boundary, you are transformed into a unicorn. What? What? We did it? What? You gaze at your silvery hooves in amazement, then toss your head to feel the weight of your long horn. Chad, you were not kidding. Wish the spell is the most. We just turned ourselves into a, into a mythical creature. It? Without wasting any time, you set out for your village, the one you no longer wish to save. The next day, when you arrive home at twilight, most of the villagers are in their houses. You trot over to Mary Claire's cottage and poke your head through the doorway. Eat all your eat all your clothes. Read. <laughs> she looks up from her sewing and gasps. What in the world? It's me. I'm back. You say. Mary Claire touches the good luck pendant still hanging from your neck. It is you. What happened? You are going to find a unicorn, not turn into one. I'll tell you all about it later. First, let's go out to the well and see if this horn of mine really does work. The end. We just one-shotted wow! it? We've never done- have we ever done that before? We just- you found it. There are 27 endings in this thing, and you found that one. Hot dog. We just walked right. I told you I knew all about unicorns, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking told you, Chad. You did. You did tell me. I am wrong. <laughs> Somehow you lost this, Chad. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I guess us being a unicorn. I, yeah. What? There's no flaws in being a unicorn. Of course, I'd be a unicorn. Yeah. No. That's. I mean, it's fucking. Except that we're now we're gonna have all these tiny little orphan farmers following us around asking for wishes. 
That's the only thing that's gonna stink. <laughs> yeah. You can always you can always piece out to the woods. Like yeah. that's, like that's what every unicorn does. Like That's you know. true. I was kind of expecting like a sad turn of of like kind of like uh what is it like night of the living dead where like we we make it we come back to the hot the to the, the village as a unicorn and someone just shoots us yeah well <laughs> the, what, what what truly will happen is a, a ding dong wizard's gonna show up and turn us into a human because he thinks we don't want to be a unicorn anymore because we're sad and then we're gonna yeah. fall in love with a knight and his and his evil dad is gonna put us through a whole bunch of hijinks and that's the, the plot of the last unicorn it is the plot of the last unicorn <laughs> A book that I love intensely. It's a it's a great book. That this I felt like this lived up to like the the melancholy uh, and weirdness of of unicorn literature. Yeah, I I I, I kind of would like to just maybe just do a little noodling around and just see what else we can see. You know? <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. we where where do we want to go back let's, to? Let's let's uh, go back. To what the... if we learn? What if we learned how to be a weaver for a month? Okay, yeah, let's okay. I was gonna say we can learn to weave. I was also gonna suggest going back to the Duchess and hanging out at her place, but I think Chad, you really did want to learn to weave, so let's do that. Uh, there's a there's a image of here of a child of a pigeon toed child being attacked by an owl, and I love it. Uh, <laughs> how do we get to the owl attack? So we wanna dis- we wanna learn how to weave the magic tapestry. Yep. Uh ideally. Ooh. Oh sick. Oh. Oh. There's a wild picture of a of a, like a ma- mandrake on this uh, on this page that's like a big hipped weird fertility goddess root thing. Cool. It says moon root underneath it. Uh, Emil gives you a small loom and a basket of white yarn. Much of the magic of the tapestry comes from the dyes you will use to color the yarn before you begin to weave. Magical dyes i will give you instructions but you must gather the special plants for the dyes yourself you mm-hmm. probably know most of the plants but moon root is quite extraordinary mm-hmm. he hands you a drawing of the strange herb moon root i've never heard of it no one in my village uses it to dye clothing emil laughs ha moon root is so rare that not even the king's robes are dyed with it you see <laughs> the plant only blossoms under a full moon lucky for you Tonight is the full moon. <gasps> that evening, you make your way through the forest outside the city to a certain grove of birch trees where Emil suggested you look for moon root. You are delighted to see the peculiar silvery plants growing there. Just as you Why begin are to- we so uh, we're like the most the luckiest being in the entire world. We just stumbled into the rarest yeah. root. This is your first day <laughs> <laughs> of being a tapestry we- weaver and already. Yeah. You have moon root for days. We just quit being a unicorn, and now we're finding moon root just laying about. <laughs> I like I like preserving the fiction where like you decided that being a unicorn uh, in wasn't in your, in your peasant town sucked. So you're like, oh, maybe I'll maybe I'll try le- getting my tapestry certification. All the village kids are trying to write us all the time, and it's just like, can we live as a unicorn instead of just having to be a unicorn? You Honestly, I mean? it was yeah. just too easy to become one. It was cheap in the whole experience for me. It did. It did really make it not super interesting. My life be. as an orphaned farmer was a lot harder than it was to become a unicorn. <laughs> You're delighted to see the peculiar silvery plants growing there. Just as you begin to gather them, a grotesque griffin descends noisily through the oh! trees, headed straight for the precious moon root. <gasps> Scree! It says. <laughs> <laughs> 
if, if you hide and watch to see what the griffin is up to, turn to page 71. If you step forward to fight off the griffin, turn to page 101. We are so good at everything. Let's fight the griffin, Chad. Yeah, I have a feeling we're going to just throw a stick at it. And it's going to go right down its throat and kill it. <laughs> You wave your arms frantically and scare off the griffin. Not at all bothered by your efforts, the beast sinks its claws into one of your arms. Cool. Oh boy, oh, we got a little overconfident, whoops. You try to ignore the pain, and with your uninjured arm, you struggle bravely to free yourself from the creature's grip. With the last of your strength, you try to fling it off the griffin. You lose your balance and topple onto the moon root. The griffin's gleaming claws are inches from your face when you close your eyes. The end. Well, okay, good. that seems about Wait, right so for for a kid that thinks they're good at everything. Being a weaver didn't even kill us. It's like that wasn't really a weaver related death, you know. Like, I know we were getting <laughs> ingredients, but what what is a weaver related? Yeah, death, Chad, Chad? It oh, please. Should, it should it should have been like <laughs> we got ourselves all tangled in the in the big press, and like I don't know, the strings start pulling us apart, and like our. Our our teacher comes in. He's like, "Oh no! Why why is the the yarn all red? I did we were weaving blue. Oh, it's red because of blood. It's child blood. Not again." <laughs> all right, that would be yeah. Okay, that'd that be, would that be, would be that, yeah, that sounds fair. They're probably the only way for a weaver to go. Thank you. Uh, fun fact about uh, Deborah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She has written one other book in the original Choose Your Own Adventure series and mm -hmm. many magazine articles, mostly about textiles. <gasps> oh, she worked. She wrote what she knew. Yeah, yeah. she knows. She knows about uh, 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 tapestry making. Are, are, are we going to try and uh, like stealth the Griffin? Are we going to rub our um, uh, our pendant that Mary Claire gave us and uh, rewind back in time? The last save point. <laughs> yeah, we have we do have one more rewind, I think, on the on the pendant. Uh I sure. would either I would either rewind to stealth the griffin or go back and uh see if we can commit some regicide. Which whatever you prefer, Chad. Yeah, let's uh let's regicide. 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 After Simon rides away, you spend a few hours exploring the neighborhood. You're waiting for the Duchess. At dusk you return to the Duchess's house and curl up on the hard bench for the evening. The next morning you awaken in a gloomy mood. You did not sleep well, and the rumbling of your stomach reminds you there is nothing for breakfast. <laughs> Just then, an approaching procession of overflowing carts and grand carriages drawn by well-groomed horses catches your attention. As the entourage stops in the front gates, the guards by the door stand even straighter. Hmm. You watch servants help an elegantly dressed woman step down from the most richly decorated of the carriages. Her jewel-studded bracelet glistens and glitters. We cup, we cup our hands out and we go, Baba Booey, Baba Booey, Baba Booey. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, this is how I found out you were a Howard Stern fan. I'd be so sad. <laughs> I'm not. The, the orphan farmer is. The yes. orphan farmer. Yeah, it's in your Philly blood, too. I get it. Yeah. See, something to listen to while she's picking weeds. <laughs> Chad's lashing out. <laughs> Servants unload a cart after cart, carrying heavy, heavy wooden chests, bolts of brocade cloth. The textiles, the textiles are working into this thing. Yeah. And your heart skips a beat, a long, shimmering horn <gasps> that is almost as tall as you are. There it is. It could only be a unicorn horn. <gasps> you wait until the two guards are distracted in conversation, then slip into the crowd of servants and carry one of the many chests into the house. You try not to appear too curious, but the splendid furnishings almost take your breath away. Passing one chamber, you glimpse the Duchess inside, sipping wine. <laughs> the unicorn horn 
rests on the table before her. You put down the chest and enter the room. This guy drinks wine. Yep. Yep. Bowing deeply to the Duchess, you say, Please excuse my boldness, but I've traveled a long way to ask this favor. Fudge off, you fuck. The Duchess snaps at you. <laughs> Please hear me out, you say. I just wish to borrow your unicorn horn. My village needs your help. The Duchess looks at you coldly. Go eat a butt, you <laughs> stupid peasant. I love this version of the book. This is great. You know what? Rich people deserve to be that way. <laughs> I promise I'll return it, you insist. She lowers her goblet to the table. Fuck you. I hate your ass. Get out of here. You smell. And she pinches her nose as if as if she's smelling something bad. <laughs> uh, as you trudge through the corridors, the, the Duchess makes a little fart noise with her mouth for each step you take. <laughs> <laughs> and you find yourself thinking about stealing the unicorn horn. Yeah! Although you would do almost anything to save your village, you're not sure you could escape with something as large as the horn, and you hate to think what would happen if you were caught. But then you notice a door inscribed with a golden sun. What could be behind such a magnificent door, you wonder? Since the door is slightly ajar, you peek inside. The room is filled with shelf after shelf of neatly labeled flasks and urns. Squinting your eyes, you see the vessels contain strange powders, and wonder if any of the powders can purify water. Part of you wants to go inside to investigate, but another part of you thinks you should concentrate on getting that unicorn horn. Mm. Steal. Steal, steal, steal. Well, steal what? Open the door, get powders, or steal the unicorn the, horn the from horn, the horn, baby. Just take the horn right there. I mean, this is... I've been playing a lot of Baldur's Gate 3, as we all have. We yeah. should have been... There's like 10 people that should have been pushed off into a cliff by now. <laughs> I feel like your strength score is not very high, but... Oh, okay. Yeah, it's right. We are a tiny little boy. That's why you keep those uh, thunder arrows around, dude. <laughs> I have not used a single arrow in that game. I should use do that. arrows. <laughs> arrows are so good. I gotta save them all for the final boss, Kevin. I just, I just, uh, I just added uh, witch bolt. I just added the concussive blast to it, so we're good. Oh shit! I don't know. I, I only trot um, Will out to talk if I need him to talk at something, and then I put him back in camp. Witch bolt is the greatest, strongest thing of all time. <laughs> It is pretty good. I'd rather respect my character into a warlock than use Will. That's that's strong. I, my character is a warlock. That's why. <laughs> that's why. Oh, yeah, there you go. Will's cool. It's just I, I don't really like warlocks. <laughs> they can be good. I don't know if the I don't know if BG three is. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to hang out with Batman. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> respect. You walk back to the chamber. Where you last saw the Duchess and duck behind one of the huge tapestries huh? mm. hanging in the hallway outside. Uh. I love th- I love knowing that she's like Deborah's into textiles. Next time we read one of these, we're drinking every time tapestry is mentioned. Yo, bet. Yeah. Like, we're doing it. We're doing it. <laughs> uh, you wait patiently until you hear the Duchess leave the room. When you peer into the chamber, you are relieved to see the unicorn horn still lying on the table. Without a moment's hesitation, you grab the heavy horn and run smack into the Duchess herself. <gasps> Guards, fuck shit. Guards, she screams. <laughs> The next thing you know, a dozen guards are angrily pursuing you through the winding corridors of the Duchess's house. To your horror, horror, you realize you can't remember your way out. Can you continue running with the horn until you reach a door? 
or should you try to hide from the guards? If you hide, turn to page 107. If you keep running, turn to page 111. Shit. Did we uh, did we do acrobatics or did we or are we a sneaky per- person? What do we expect? Run or hide. Run or hide. There's no turn and fight. Um, I say we. I say we. I say we hide. You do have like a five foot spike, or I guess a your child, so like a four foot spike. Okay. So I feel like yeah, you should be allowed to use it as a to turn and fight. Yeah. But you could just end up like curing somebody's like arthritis or something if you stop. <laughs> <laughs> I say let's let's sneaky hide. Yeah. You're you're gonna hide. Okay, one o seven, one o seven to use stealth. Still clutching the unicorn horn, you climb quickly into a big wooden trunk and lower the lid. Your heart is pounding so loudly you fear the guards will hear it, but the thunder of their footsteps doesn't slow as they race by you. When all is quiet, you try to find a comfortable position within your cramped hiding place. You can't tell how much time passes. To your hungry stomach, it feels like centuries. You slowly open the lid a bit and peer out. The hallway is dark. You start thinking, what if you just try a bite of the unicorn? <laughs> what? 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 If you just a little just, snack? Just, just, just nibble I mean, on I mean, it? Is this like the cops are coming, eat all the drugs before they can bust us? <laughs> you can't, can't, you gotta flush is there the a horn, toilet dude. around here? Just eat, well, no, this is just like, eat all the drugs, right? You just like, quickly, just like, just just eat it. Yeah, the snozberries taste like snozberries. Nothing says that the horn has to be all in one piece in order for you to... <laughs> also, the Duchess killed a unicorn to get that horn, guys. Dark. Uh, you climb out and carry the unicorn horn into the nearest room. Very quietly, you open the shutters of a window and look outside. To your relief, it is not far to the ground, and there is no one in sight. You hold the horn tightly and leap from the window. A broad hedge cushions your landing. You hurry through the dark and silent streets of Aris, guided by the soft glow of the heavy unicorn horn. It it glows! It glows. You feel up, and you find that your ear is lightly bleeding on the lobe, (gasps) and notice that a thorn has pierced your ear perfectly. (laughs) At the sound of approaching hoofbeats, you duck into a doorway. You try to shield the light of the horn with your body, but it is impossible to conceal. The rider spots you immediately. She comes in closer for a better look, cornering you in the doorway. Turn to page 113. (gasps) I won't ask how you acquired it, but tell me, is that a unicorn horn you're hiding? The rider leans down from her horse, straining to see. Who are you, you ask, noticing the silver stars embroidered on her coat. I am a merchant of magic, a purveyor of possibility, and I'd give anything to have a unicorn horn among my wares. Oh, let's sell out our village. I can make you a most attractive offer. Not interested. Behind your back, you grip the horn more tightly. Just listen. Just listen. I have three... (laughs) Just listen. Just listen. Come on. Fucking Chad laughing at me for trying. (laughs) I thought it was a cute... I thought it was a fun read of it. Just listen. I have three <laughs> splendid opals. Each of kind of wanna hold on, I kinda wanna Patrick Warburton this. Just listen. I have three <laughs> splendid opals, each of which can grant you one wish. Imagine three of your dearest dreams can be transformed into reality. She doesn't know you sold your wishes now. <laughs> Uh, she pauses to dismount, knowing she has aroused your interest. The catch is you can use the opals only once, then you must share them with another person. I already had my wishes. I'll trade you not one, not two, but all three opals for the unicorn horn you're clutching. Why would we do that? She reaches into a blue velvet pouch and displays three gleaming opals. Why doesn't she just wish for a unicorn horn? (laughs) 
She already used it. <laughs> she foolishly wished for three stupid things: the horse, the the her regalia that she's wearing, and her Patrick Warburton accent. That's perfect. <laughs> her perfect, flawless Patrick Warburton voice. Yeah. <laughs> she reaches in the blue velvet pouch and displays three gleaming opals. They are the color of moonlight, but glow with the brilliance of the sun. You can't take your eyes away from them. <laughs> How do I know these are really magic? Did we just turned into Steve Urkel. The merchant sighs. Trust me, do these look like ordinary opals? Trust me, do these look like ordinary <laughs> opals to you? You've never seen ordinary opals before, so you can't tell. The possibility of having three wishes come true is almost irresistible. Yet you can't be certain the merchant is telling the truth. If you think it's too risky a trade, turn to page 76. If you decide to accept her word, turn to page 100. Uh, Chad, we're on house money here. We might as well tr- make the trade, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Paul loves being on house money. I, okay, all right. I don't gamble. Does house money mean we've made a profit, so we might as well just bet it? Yeah, we already one shot this thing. We're, we've won already. Well, okay. So let me just <laughs> let me just lay out let me just lay out the stakes. Uh, she, Patrick Warburton offers you three wishes in exchange for a unicorn horn. The unicorn horn is in the hand. The only thing you want to do with it is uh. Like save our entire bring it village. Back to, bring it back to your stupid, short-sighted village that cast <laughs> you out. <laughs> In order to help them, I guess. Uh, so, like, yeah, I'd say go go for whatever. What? But like, we came here for a fucking horn, and we have the horn. We've already saved our village. I've already gotten my ear pierced by a black rose. Uh, I think yep. we're we're in a we're in a really good spot. We should we should we could make a little bit for ourselves on this. You know, get a little. You got your, you're, you're bearing the lead. You got your ear pierced by a black rose. By a black the, rose, a black baby. Rose's thorn. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's fucking. That's some like seven I son of the seven st- sun shit right there. I am stunned that we're just abandoning our entire quest to give up for a trade for three opals that'll do what? We can make wishes with them. You want to know why we're gonna do it? The action is the juice, <laughs> baby. Uh, Chad, what's your constitution modifier? Uh, plus one. All right, you got a thirteen. Paul, what's your charisma modifier? Oh, plus four. All right. <laughs> because of the ear, because of the ear pierce, <laughs> because the ear piercing is, is yeah, you're stronger now. <laughs> Paul gets a twenty-two, beating out Chad's constitution. All right, fine, we'll give up the thing we came for. Let's do it. Should have pierced your ear with me. We subverted <laughs> expectations. The the listener will be excited. You accept her word. Going to page a hundred. It's a deal. You offer the merchant the unicorn horn as she places the magic opals in your hand. The stones make your palm tingle. How do these work, you ask? Hold one opal at a time against your forehead and speak your wish, answers the merchant. You put two of the opals in your pocket and hold a third against your forehead. Closing your eyes, you whisper, Please make the water in my village as well perfectly pure. You find yourself envisioning the rank and murky water clearing. You see yourself... Sipping the fresh water. The lone rat rises back to life. (laughs) Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. (laughs) He goes straight to work in your farm, weeding for you. Yeah, do you turn that rat's life around? (laughs) You feel confident your wish has been granted. When you open your eyes, you notice the merchant has mounted her horse. Good luck! Good luck! She calls as she rides away with the unicorn horn. Taking a second opal, you wish your parents were alive. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> cool, 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 cool. 
In your mind's eye, you see a young couple entering your village. You know right away, they are your parents, even though you have no memory of their faces. You can't wait to get home. With the growing excitement, you reach for the third opal. Pressing it against your forehead, you murmur, please make the villagers willing to let me come home. You breathe a sigh of relief, for suddenly you feel certain your neighbors will welcome you back. And that leprosy remains uncured. (laughs) Cool. Cool, cool, cool. You carefully pocket the opals and begin the long journey home. The end. Boom, we won twice. Yep, that's... that. Listen, don't worry, listener, you should always bet when you're ahead and put more money on the table in Vegas. Always go all in with all of your winnings, always. You know in Empire Records how Lucas takes the money from the bank vault? From the, from the, yeah, the no, safe? Yeah, it works out for everyone. And it works out for everyone. He comes back and it's like it's Rex Manning Day and everyone's excited. And Lucas is like, I doubled the money. I saved the store. And then everyone just has a good day. It's a, That's why that movie's so good because it just feels good the whole time. <laughs> if you if you had kept the unicorn horn, you would have died. <gasps> really? Yeah. Oh! How would we have died? Can you tell? Can you just how to read a little page? Can you okay, summarize? Uh, th- no, I can't make the trade. You tell the merchant the survival of my village depends on the unicorn horn. The merchant sighs. I understand your reluctance, but I understand your reluctance. But believe me, you're making a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> now tell me about that pendant you're wearing. Uh, it belongs to an old woman. It's good luck charm. Tell you what, give me the pendant. I'll trade you my horse. Huh? Uh, oh, oh, you have the lucky. That's why everything works out for you. You have the lucky pendant on. Uh... Oh, uh, we picked that up early on. That's why you just find the 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 moon root. It's because you ha- you're wow. wearing the lucky pendant. We are the dummies. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, why would you give me a horse for a glass charm? You ask Whirly. If I'm not mistaken, that if I'm not mistaken, that talisman is untapped magical <laughs> possibilities. <laughs> I'd like to have for my collections of the merchant. Uh, my my horse, on the other hand, is disappointingly ordinary. Of course, I was led to believe it was an enchanted beast, but that's a whole other story. I hope this merchant's a recurring character because I love them. Yeah. Yeah, me too. You hate to give away Mary Claire's good luck charm, but you realize you can't walk all the way home lugging the heavy unicorn horn. Deal, you announce, removing the pendant. You hand it to the merchant, who pockets it and removes her wares from the from her horse. Awkwardly clutching the unicorn horn, you climb into the horse's saddle. Hmm. Before you can even say goodbye, you find yourself riding off the ground, above the rooftops, and into the sky. Winking wizard, shrieks, shrieks the merchant. That horse is magical. Whoa, you cry, tugging on the reins. The horse ignores you. With fear and fascination, you watch as the world grows smaller and smaller. As the horse soars higher towards the stars, you have to gasp for air. Just as you begin to faint, the unicorn horn tumbles from your hand. A second later, you two are plunging toward the earth with deadly speed. The end. Whoa. So yeah, that's what happens when you play it safe, kids. Gamble everything. Bet the house. Cool. Good lesson. (laughs) Deborah. Deborah. I love Deborah. Deborah's a, a real maverick. I I love I, I love what we've read so far, and we we only like explored one half of the book. There, what I love about this book is it shows you on the back all of the splits, uh, all the oh, chapter splits, cool. all the the map, the book map. Yeah, so there's like a big split early on, and we only we we only saw like half of the book. There's a whole other half where you, I guess, you go to the graveyard. But man, that was I. I, I hope it was fun for you guys because I really liked that one. I had a blast. Yeah, Kevin, you did an amazing job as our our bookmaster BM. Yeah, excellent BMing today. Uh, Thank you. Uh, I, yeah, I'm looking forward to the rest of the the unicorn trilogy that we have. Are we unicorn buds now? <laughs> We're not. We're not. I promise. <laughs> I love that we just stumbled into being a unicorn first go. That was maybe the more successful 
paths we've ever done. Yeah. I feel like we are unicorns, you know, <laughs> in a way. All right, we are unicorn br- uh, buds, like you said. Yeah, yeah. I'd run. I'd run with you guys in the fields. I'd have frolic as, with you guys too. I'd canter. Even. I'd show y'all the meaning of haste. I would be like, let's <laughs> let's spar with our unicorns, but not in a super aggressive way, but in like a fun way. Everyone, clink your horns. Clink. Thanks again to my friend Jaden uh, slash Foxtrot. Yeah, this was really fun. You can uh, you can actually hear both of us on a a D and D podcast I was on. If you want to go check out Severed Sons, uh, I'm on an episode of that with uh, Jaden, and I'm I'm a I'm a knight uh, in in full armor who's incredibly paranoid and has to stop a casino heist. You have a, a ingenious technique to alter your voice too. Yeah, um, I, I use very subtly uh, a, a, a technique I learned uh, from my years <laughs> as an actor, and I use a Pringle can to make my <laughs> voice sound like it's coming from inside a knight's helmet. Am I watching Full Metal Alchemist right now? Right. <laughs> I, I wonder if that bowl is on eBay that uh, Al spoke into. It has to be, right? They, they... Oh, was that an actual thing? He just that's just how he did it. Yeah, yeah. There was like they they used to do um like little behind the scenes stuff on the DVDs that you had to get from Best Buy. Movie making secrets, y'all. Pretty crazy. Yeah, he just talks into a bowl. You don't need a unicorn's horn to make a movie, <laughs> but you do need a couple tricks up your sleeve. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> this guy's watched the whole behind the scenes for Lord of the Rings. Chad, you're what? <laughs> you know, I've never actually watched the behind the scenes for Lord of the Rings. Oh, uh, it's incredible. What, I, Kevin? I'd rather just watch Lord of the Rings. No, trust me. You get to hang out with the whole fellowship for hours, and it's the best time ever. I've yeah. I've seen parts of it. I've seen the parts that like you know the Lord of the Rings community relentlessly posts online, mm-hmm, but I've actually mm-hmm, never mm-hmm. sat down and just watched. What the... what what about when he called when when Pippin's like when will you wear wigs? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my god, Kevin doesn't know about the best clip. Oh, I can't wait to send it to him. It is a good one. Yeah, see, there's no reason for me to watch it. People what about when they're hanging the out part? in the room with all the chairs and they play touch the chairs game? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that one. That one sounds made up. I know about the two guys who make like chain mail and are slowly going insane and they yeah. hold like a smurf hostage. Yeah, that one's good too. Yeah. Oh. It's full of good stuff. Uh, you gotta watch it. <laughs> All right. You know you know what's sort of the behind the scenes bonus features of this podcast? What, Chad? It's camp. <laughs> 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 I felt like all of Kevin's built up things going, Chad's laughing at my line reads. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you want to support this show, get access to bonus episodes we put out every month. There are now dozens upon dozens of these you can go and listen to, but only if you subscribe to patreon.com slash goosebuds. Your pledge will support the show. Keep the lights running, and you get access to those bonus episodes, our Discord, a bunch of other cool stuff, like voting which unicorn adventure we went on to today. Woo! That was based on our Patreon, so thank you all. If you donate today, you'll get uh, three opals for your donation that you can make wishes with. Holy shit. We're going to run out of opals. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, you better start You better start digging up some opals. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> I'm just always wishing for three more opals with the last opal every time. Oh, that's fucking genius, dude. I've just been I've just been putting the opals in a little like rock tumbler and breaking them down and getting more opals. Oh my god. 
Remember that time when we gave up all of our wishes? That's insane. I can't believe that's even an option in the book, nor that it's a negative option. That's ins- that's insane. I can't believe Deborah did that to a nine-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Deborah. I want to talk to Deborah. I am the king of unicorns. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that's patreon.com slash goosebuds. Uh, Kevin, Paul, what else is like people should check out? Things you're doing, things you're enjoying, stuff people should. I, I really watch Reservation Dogs, like Reservation Dogs. Everyone should watch that show. Paul, Kevin, what about you guys? What you, what's going on? Um, I'm, I'm kicking it normal style on, on my Patreon, which if, uh, if you like me and you want to support me and help me grow and keep me making cool video games that folks can play for free. Uh, then maybe check out my Patreon at givekevinmoney.com. Um, oh, I've also been, uh, putting out episodes of a podcast I made a couple years ago called Heart Cannon that I just kept yeah. on my Patreon. And, uh, you can, you can listen to, uh, almost the whole thing. I've been doing it. I've been, uh, like releasing one episode a week into the wild. Um, and, uh, I think we're almost about to finish up the original 12 episode run. Wow. So, if you want to listen to that you can uh, uh find heart cannon at heart cannon c-a-n-o-n uh dot libsyn.com if you want to listen to that podcast or you can support me on uh, patreon at give and listen to all those episodes and maybe an upcoming episode with chad Ooh, what's it gonna be oh, yeah, we had a good time what are we talking about uhf is that what we did yeah we talked to uhf maybe we drank from the fire hose <laughs> <laughs> I- i've just been slow living so uh I just um, enjoy one cup of coffee, and that's the only thing I have for, of joy in the entire day, and I just enjoy that for a, one slow day, and that's been my life recently, so. That's cool, man. Live that, that's pretty cool. Live it slow, baby. Slow ride. No, no, oh, God! Marvel just broke with plate. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> <laughs> he hates slow living! <laughs> We're fine. Everything's fine. Well, thanks for listening to Goosebuds. <laughs> We're going to end this one slightly non-traditionally, but we love you very much, and we're going to go clean up some uh, glass in Chad's house. Yeah, we love you. Bye. We We love you all. Goodbye. Bye. This episode of Goosebuds is brought to you by our wonderful Patreon supporters, including those venerable folks in the Book of Names. The Book of Names. Book of Names. Starting with Stefan Jive Turkey Kuwabara. Hollis Hornby. Lowbelly Hate Me. Nathan Dolezal. Michael Lanteri. Mickey C. Michael McDowell. Hey Josh Robb. Cameron Murphy Audio. Buddy Morrill. Mel Dipson. LK. Afshin. Dango Twist. Zentacles pours the cold water on the ice church floor. Yes. Oh shit, coldinate yes. it. Uh, yes, seal it up. Stealth Bates. Robert Moon. Jason Crooker. Miguel Pardo. John Keedy. Clay Castle. Calf. The Juggalobalist. Slink demands. <laughs> Redacted content. Slink, no more paranoia shops. Not coming, but thank you. Gregory D. Warren. Cody Redfield. Alan Saylor. Bradford Golder. Aiden pledges their hammer to Dwarf Daddy Kevin. Thank you, Dwarven <laughs> Child. <laughs> Jar Jar Slinks. Chosen One pledges his cadre of musketeers to House Kevin. Thank you, musketeer children. <laughs> Levi Thamp. <laughs> Up and champ. <laughs>
Jonas Engman, the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation, Carl, Anthony Mulberry, Yanni Markovina, Elusive Koala, Drew Applegate, Christian Vanskiver, Brooke X, Jesus Christ, Jeremy Lowe, Brian Hobgood, Zach Connor, Patreon underscore donator, comma, yo, Joe Spooky Digital Ghost Tierney, Tom Whittem, Lord Cornwallis, Andrew Jadzik ventures a guess that Jeff Webb is not a baby anymore, but actually a toddler at this point. Oh my god, they grow up so fast. <laughs> Time moves faster in the podcast realm. I also think it's been two years. It's also been two years. You a, man, you a toddler now, boy. Murphy P. Jesus Christ, what does that mean? <laughs> Carson Birkenbean. <laughs> He's a toddler now. Tevin Ticklebean disguises himself as a dwarf named Kevin Picklebean and pledges to <gasps> Kevin for one month. Thank you for your support, Kevin Picklebean. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Tevin Ticklebean? He's got to be like a teenager by now. Yeah, I got old. Sean Minogue. Rushy Glenn. Alicia Grafe. Wiggle it! Luke LaFountaine. Matt McClellan. Chip Handsome. Tanya Turtle. Juan Jalapena. Jonas Blatterman. Timothy Misa Dulakis. Keith Halcrow. Clay McCarty. Parker Lee. Ham underscore boat. The Crowfens, but seasonal. Ah, Raymond Hernandez. Matthew Sutton. Paul Grasso. Jeffrey Owen Cahi. Kelsey Kinneman. Joe, a regular name, Scott. <laughs> wow, you really flipped that one, Chad. That was incredibly regular. <laughs> it's, a, it's a writer term we call flip the script. Whoa. <laughs> Alex Moon, the robotic dog. Russell Castberg. Xavier Jimenez. Scotty Pippen. Chris Putrakis. Dungeon Kappa. Tobias Clark. Zach Ware. Lip Duck. Ice Acolyte Hamster. A lot, of, a lot of pro ice people today. Luke Noodles. Zam Bambino. Melt That Wall. Meet Virginia. Hugh <laughs> <laughs> Bolin. Nathan Remick. Estimina, Lord of Paul's Pants. Need more kimchi. Chris Hard Penis is Dead. <laughs> Long Live Hard Penis, Nelson. <laughs> A hard penis for a season is still a hard penis. <laughs> <laughs> we'll miss it, but I'm glad I got to die with me. Streak. Reed Stubendick. Lee Wood. Tacky Tammy. Kieran McNamara. Joey Evans. Diet Soap. Lamb, the aspiring demon lord of friendship. Ooh. Cool. Jackie Ledoux. Coleman Laguza. Carewise Gamgee. Cameron Hansen. A wild swaggy Yolo Squire appears. <laughs> A pair of Scots. Levi Kidder. David Gray. The Deadly Bulb. Matthew Brittato. Generally depressing. Bryce Diori. I am Cornholio. I need TP for my bunghole. Carbs on the son of Carb. <laughs> ben Bohan, the bow of Han. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. R.L. Slink is founding <gasps> Lava Church. All hail the great magma beast. Redact that name. That sounds cool. I think Lava <laughs> Church and Ice Cur Church could meet in the middle somewhere. What? Bony. Jonas and Evolson. Some of Chad's bird friends. We pledge our talons and sharpen beaks to Chad. Thank you. Scree. Joe Gorman. Burger's blissful anti-spiral manifesting. Since the demon says trans rights, Anthony must know if the church is officially melting it or not. Answer carefully. I am confused by this question, Brock. <laughs> Me too, actually. Uh, uh, the church is trans rights, and the church is not melting currently, but it could if we wanted to, but some of us don't want it. Oh, we almost got him in it. Oh, we almost had him looped in into a loophole. <laughs> 
Some of us have secret doubts that the other members of the church clergy don't know about. Ah, so close. Nicholas Maloney. Tiffany Lee. Germ Juice. Eric Horwitz. Calamity Carl. Thomas Jansis. Nick Johnson. Mutant Astronaut. Lucretia McEvil. Henry Torbert. Boner Guard, Epsilon, Hamilton, a.k.a. Hambone, host of Radio Bone Air. Ooh. I love it. I love it. Adam Knapp. Ryan Carroll. Jeremy Bowser. Logan Derby. Chick. Brad Schmelzer. Megan McCormick Mason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ninja Bread Man. Callum, Mr. Misfire West. Skeletorin. Mandy Nasty. Helodicus Frenchlin. I love that name every time. Aaron Lord. Yoplin. Dr. Chocula pledges every claw and fang under his command to Paul. Thank you, Chocolate Child. <laughs> <laughs> Philip Reynolds. Robot Arena. Nate Bitji. Mr. Unimportant wants to know if you can pee on the ice church floor. Only if your pee is cold. Huh. <laughs> what? Oh, okay. What? I'm on board that. Yeah. Only Wait, if your no. Pee is cold. Wait, no, 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 no. Yes. Yep. Oh, no, I forgot. said it's in the diocese. I forgot where I stood. Shit. You blew it, Paul. <laughs> I don't stand on pee, so I I don't want pee on our floor. Can I actually say, as someone who likes to build up the ice, I don't know about peeing on the ice church floor. That seems kind of gross. Have I, can I say that n- nothing's more refreshing than uh, a Jamba Juice and an ice-cold pee? <laughs> Together? Or... Yeah. yeah, you go back and forth. It's like having a smoothie and a coffee. I want to yeah. clarify, Kevin. Do you mean because you have a Jamba Juice, your pee is ice cold and therefore you have a nice cold sensation when you urinate? Or that you drink cold pee? So who's up next for names? <laughs> <laughs> Scott Wable. Ryan R. Davis. Rocco. Josh Howell no longer pledges his zealotry as it has been mocked. No zealotry for anyone. Come on, zealous, Josh. It's a zealous response in itself. Get over it, Josh. And the siege. Give us the zealotry back. <laughs> we're back. We you. need it. We're so we're so sorry. We said no. We made fun of your zealot zealotness. Please, Josh. SSJ Trogdor. Ev Dog. Llama Lad. Mike Spaghetti Jones. Greg Musto. Sprinkle Buds. Hi, first time. Long time. Allie Rose. Chris. Hilda B. The discography of Blues Traveler and Inhalation of Skunkweed enhances Pauly Shore's piloting of the Gundam Sandrock. Gonna have to what? look that one up. I <laughs> know all of the things referenced in this, but I don't understand why they're together. Suck it in your red tin. tin. <laughs> uh, soggy newspapers. Liam Rogers. John W. I still think about that name. Dakota Kemp. Chris Kulik. Ali underscore sets. My cart. Kate the Great. Saturn video. Wade Norcross. G- Kiwi of Lerve. Gula Verb. Serial Killer X. <gasps> Cassandra Harris. That last name was my favorite. It's a cool name. Kira and Brian are big fans. <gasps> big Nick Lane. Kit. Bush. Blake Cavan, no longer having a bad time. Yeah, we were our national nightmares over. <laughs> See what I said. Dan Antonio. Each over the moon. Dennis Wright. Cameron Ganzeval. Several upset horses. Uh, oh no. I hope they don't stamp the ice. Crash Callahan and the Voodoo Death Gun. Whoa. Whoa. Farrah. CM Crystal Maiden. <gasps> Matt Septor. 
God. I hope, but let's get more single or double letter names so we can start coming up with what they are. Greg Gervasi, Vita Zen. Hopefully they're all Dota abbreviation. Jesse. Paul's Wang does its thing to Sonic's last golden rang tonight at 11. Wow, those are big rings. Those are big rings, Paul. I'm not saying anything. Cole Gleason. <laughs> Chris Curdo. B. Anthony Rodriguez. S. Slardar. That's another Dota character. <laughs> oh, you're pulling out Dota character? I thought you made up that cool name. No, when you're in chat, in like in-game chat, you're like CM's mid. You'd like tell people that. Oh. Like Crystal Maine's mid. Michael Malloy. Jesse Boggs. Jeff Webb is still a big baby, but we both sincerely appreciate your well wishes. Grow up, Jeff Webb. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> in a good way. Whoa. Get big and strong, Jeff Webb. Alpaca acquaintance turns their cup anti-clockwise. Yes. Good. It's still going down. Turaku, the thing that goes doink in the anime. Doink, doink, doink. Kyle O'Neill. Spencer Y. Goomcoats. <laughs> <laughs> Bjarndir. Wunderskin. Brought to you by 3M Corporation. Chris, <gasps> Soul Skater Byers. Brony Danza. Only closer, bro. Brony Danza. Anthony Stoker. Greb Comics. What? Wait. He's back. Wait, Wonderskins. Wonderskins back again. Two Wonderskins. It is a second skin. Put the other Wonderskin on top of your other Wonderskin, you're even more safe. <laughs> That's Wonderskin to the max, aka max. Dog Lips underscore Kajoyan. Raylan, the youthful candy maker. <laughs> A.K.A. Cyberbrice. <laughs> Talene Jones. Girthworm Jim. Blarbin pours orthogonally. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> this one's for Kevin. Babette's Feast 3, Revenge of the Gobble Ghoul. I mean, they really had to mix it up after where the plot of Babette's Feast 2 left everything, so the Gobble Ghoul was narratively Well, necessary. she did rise the Gobble Ghoul in 2, so <laughs> yeah. she, need, the, she had to face down with the Gobble Ghoul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the payoff for the Gobble Ghoul really needed two movies in order to fully tell the story. Starship 9! Logan Kilgus. Oh, that's not me. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Boss Ferratu, and then Paul goes. Smelodies. Proper Spaceman. Angelo. Edward. Longton. Dash. Santone. Bacon the Awkwardly Unseen. Caleb Snyder, Grandmaster of Spells and Enchantments, pledges his wizard staff and ancient tome to Paul. But I need your skills. I don't know how to use your wizard staff and ancient tome, Caleb Snyder. 3 a.m. sleep. Brought to you by 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Corporation? Yeah, 3 a.m. Corporation. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful shit. Canadian ghoul. <laughs> R.I.P. Paul Ritchie stuffed into the cat vent by a My Buddy doll after running out of continues. Wow, so many references. Lumo Nuva. J.W. Uh, Jesus wept. Yep, not, <laughs> yep, there's no Dota character. Brian Udaf. L.O.D. A tall glass of dumb bitch juice. Ooh. Ooh. Sternerstock. Psychosis. Nowhere, Lucas. Kyle Welch. Clint Deerking. Brian Starroe. Agents Miskatonic. Cool. C.L. Reagan. Brian Sika. Justin. And welcome to the new names in our book of names. <laughs> Shine us. Climb right on out of the cat vent, Jessica Nicole. You're in the book <laughs> of names now. Yet you, you best start believing in stories, Jaybird. You're in the book now, Jaybird. I already said your name. 
and welcome, Ben Foyos Sayer. How did Foy- you? Floyos. Floy- how the hell Floy- did you know how to say that? Floyos. It was, I Please message the, us. I missed the L in the. You the said it with three. such conviction. I believed that that's how that word. Yeah. It's uh, well, it's immortalized in the book of names now. All right. Well, I'll do better next time. Thank you all so very, very much for your love. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye.